Yeah. Happy happy hour. Oh, yeah. I can say that thing you hate when I say on the regular show that justice is coming. Justice feels cummy this week, doesn't it? Does it feel like it's coming? Or is it me? Is it me? Okay. <laughs> justice came on our tips. J- justice is edging right now. <laughs> justice is edging right now. <laughs> We, this is Justice's cum shot is today's show. Uh-huh. Renato Mariotti, federal prosecutor for yeah. the first time ever on the big show. Was... And Trey Crowder, the liberal redneck. Yeah. It was this a is... great week this week. Yeah, it was a great week. It's a great happy hour. Yeah. Get your face up in it like a cum. Never mind. Just like have... a cum shot? Yeah. Like, like a, a bukkake. Yeah. A bukkake. Yeah. Smile. It's a bukkake. It's a bukkake of justice. Smile, fun. Smile. Have fun. This is exciting. This is like, I know, it's like ice cream for breakfast. I know we don't get them very often. <laughs> right. And then everyone's going to say, can we have them every day, all the time? The answer is no. Not he's for busy free. Doing Not for free. Podcasts. He's busy and very popular. <laughs> uh, Trey Crowder, uh, the uh, liberal redneck, is here. Hi, Trey. Long time. Hey. Yeah, glad to be back. I just. Uh, yeah, I've been missing you guys. It's okay. I am busy, but you know, I'll still, I mean, I can come through. Just uh, holler at me. I'll Thank be you. here. We don't, we don't have a jingle, but we do have this for you. Just to stereotype you further. We do have a little banjo. No, I know. A little banjo. I, well, it wouldn't be an appearance on here without, uh, without yeah. you know, some uh, yeah. uh, dueling banjos or something. It's like, <laughs> you, guys, you guys normally got that cued right up for me, which is fine. You know, I mean, that's like my personal soundtrack, so it's all right. It makes sense. I did I did think of you with the Chinese spy balloon and the number of, you know, as we call them, deedly deedlies. There were, uh, you know, um, did several. It was Marjorie Taylor Greene and Don Jr. told yes. the civilians to try to shoot it down, I believe. Yeah, I don't think anybody needed to tell these people to try to shoot it down. Like, I, as soon as it, you know, became a thing, I was like, well... That's going to be target practice because I'm aware that it was way too high in the sky for anybody to shoot it down. But like your average, you know, backwoods Montana or any of these other states is not they don't have that kind of yeah. uh, either depth perception or math skills. You know, <laughs> like they'll see it and they're like, oh, yeah, I can handle that easy all day. You know, that's like all uh, day long. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm the one best big, shot around yeah, here. One so big clay I'm sure pigeon. there was some rounds fired off. Can I just say it makes me laugh just reading the well-read comedy tour just because that it's spelled W E L L R E D. <laughs> the well-read yeah. comedy tour is uh, it, and by the way premiered on Amazon, right? It's a three-part mm-hmm. comedy special featuring you uh, you and Ryan Forrester and Drew Morgan, your uh your uh, I guess Yeah. Yeah. They would Corey, call them yeah. comrades on Fox News since you're all Corey Ryan Forrest, Corey Ryan Forrester, uh, you know, it's his fault for having three names, but yeah, the three of us collectively are well-read. We've got a podcast. We do shows together, but also for the record, you know, they're, the specials are available individually or as a group. It's just however you want to do it right. on Amazon. So yeah, you right. can go about it either way. And it's also, you're not just a man, you're a podcast as well. Yeah, like we were saying, you know, off mic before the break, I've about got too many podcasts at this point. I've got three of them. So there's well-read podcasts with me, Corey, and Drew. I have Weekly Skews, which is all about politics. And then me and Corey have another podcast where we talk about fancy people stuff right. called Putting on Airs. So, <laughs> take your pick. Yeah. I love yeah. that. <laughs> I love that you said you argue about everything from politics, gross, to whether or not dinosaurs have feathers. Fun. Yes. <laughs> Right. That well, fun. it sounds Do fun, they? but that's one of those heated arguments we've ever had. I got fired yeah. up. I'd been drinking that night before we recorded, and they started talking about how T-Rex would look better with pink and blue feathers on yeah. it, and I just wasn't having it. Yeah. My childhood reared up in me, and I started screaming sure. at him in the hotel room. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's yeah. a silly program. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, I mean, I they are evolved from birds, aren't they? Dinosaurs discuss. I mean, uh, Birds evolved from them. Well, from them. Yeah, yeah. Right. flip that. Birds, yeah, yeah. there's – look – 
I, there's a lot of dispute on mm -hmm. the whole feathers of dinosaurs thing. They go yeah. back and forth. I'm, and I wasn't saying that they wouldn't. It's just yeah. Corey and Drew were trying to act like, like in Jurassic Park, for example, the T-Rex would have looked cooler or more threatening if it had been, you know, appropriately displayed with the feathers and the yeah. plumage. And I was telling them that's patently absurd. I just yeah. don't believe that's right. true at Did all. Did that fire up the anti-drag queen crowd or? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize, I didn't uh, draw that parallel in my mind at yeah. the time. I was only thinking dinosaurs. Right. But Corey and Drew sort of brought that up. You're like, you know, you're kind of insulting some people by getting down on like feather boas and whatever. And I was like, I'm not, it's just, it's not for people. It's for murder lizards. I just don't see it, you know. <laughs> your podcast is... <laughs> a murder lizard with a feather boa. I'm in. Give me some eyeshadow yeah. and here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is... You uh, describe well read as uh, you bonded over a shared notion being a backwoods hillbilly doesn't have to also mean being a hate field book hating ignoramus, which I think is you prove every day. You've been selling out all over the country, even at a gay nudist resort, which I, I must hear about. Yeah, a lot of waners, you know, uh, of, yeah. but it was a good time. Uh, yeah, that there's a group called G and I. Uh, they every year in the Poconos they get together and it's like a. Oh. Yeah, gay. That's well. That's gay, well named for a gay nudist place. G and I. What's that for? Gay. Yeah, they put the yeah, poke. Poke nose. Yeah, yeah. I know. Okay. It, yeah, right. it's pretty pokey up there. Yes. That's for sure. But they're. Uh, yeah, it's weird. You show up and everybody's totally naked except for some leather straps, mm -hmm. perhaps, or you know, uh, things of that. Some bandolier looking things or whatever. But mostly naked. Everything's hanging out, and you feel very weird at first, but. Well, and then you start feeling weird for a different reason because you start feeling weird for having clothes on because that's how quickly you can feel out of play. You know what I mean? When you're the only one or the three of us yeah. are the only one. It's a social experiment. Pants, yeah. Yeah. You start thinking like, why did I wear these pants? I'm not dressed yeah. appropriately for this at all. This is weird. <laughs> I'm standing out. It's like wearing a cutoff T-shirt at a black tie fair, you know. Uh, it's, yeah. But so. it was. It's, it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, congratulations because I know you just get uh, bigger and bigger and bigger. Yep. And you still, and yet you still haven't lost our number, and that's what we like. <laughs> oh, well, how would I do that? You got been. Uh, I mean, since I mean, it's it's like seven years this year when, when I like first went viral, and I'd say that sometime in 2016 is probably the first time I came on this show too, or yeah. thereabouts. It was around then, so yeah, yeah. You don't guys you feel were like, early adopters, yeah. which I appreciate. Don't, don't you feel like the stupiding of America has? Uh, gotten worse since then that we are like at peak idiocracy we just did a bit about yeah. alex jones took someone out of context to prove that liberals actually are eating babies and i don't yeah how did he do how did he do did he get that were you swayed you were like did you get to the end of that segment and you're like oh you know what <laughs> kind of craving but, baby the, but now. the liberal Thanks, baby alex eating jones. thing has only that's yeah. only taken off like that's no, I right. know. I, I mean, you asked if I thought the stupefying of American culture has gotten worse. I mean, it certainly hasn't gotten better. I don't know. I kind of go back and forth on it a little bit just because, you know, as of right now, Trump isn't the president, right? right? And they don't have, like, quite the stranglehold. Like, there was some amount of pushing back on everything he represented, which is tied intrinsically to the stupefying of America. It's just that the faction that's firmly entrenched in like, you know, the stupid stupidity muck, they've only gotten more, you know, embroiled in it. And it's been yeah. they're they're going further and further down the dumb rabbit hole, you know. Like, but I think there's still enough people trying to fight back yeah. against that. I for mean now. like this huge Fox story, does this 
does this impact the Fox viewership or Fox viewer at all? That they're, you know, hearing all these hosts are basically, you know, saying the exact opposite, whether it's about the election or anything else, you know, in privately by text and as, I mean, as I they don't, do on air. I don't know because I don't know if they if they find that if they hear that or if they right. do hear that, they probably think, oh, well, you know, it's like a, you know, they're trying to take them down. You, you know, they immediately think like, oh, that's not true. They're just like, they just got a target on their back because because they spread the truth and people don't like that. So they got to make them look bad in the rest of the media or whatever. Like, yeah. I think they've got so many built in defense mechanisms for things that yeah. they don't agree with that they don't even have to think about rolling those out. As soon as something comes in, they don't agree with it. Just their brain just clicks into that gear and they dismiss it summarily and go about their day. So they're, uh, they will not hear that Sidney Powell's main source for the, uh, you know, election fraud information on Fox was a woman that said she is a headless, uh, time traveling entity. Internally yeah. decapitated. Internally decapitated. Pardon me. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Just a, a ghost with no head. Yeah. God's right. got a head. Right. But spiritually, it's a weird thing to be spiritually headless. I would think, you know, it'd be the opposite. <laughs> yeah. I would think most people would be like, you know, if you're going to be have spiritual anatomy things going on, you'd have like two heads spiritually or two hearts or something. That yeah. sounds like something a spiritual person would say. But it's been like, yeah, I'm spiritually brainless. Uh, you know, I don't yeah. understand. It's like, well, you're not doing great in the uh, corporal realm either in terms of uh, brains. So, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't think it matters that much to them where it comes from. It's just once they've gotten a hold of it and whether or not they agree with it. And if yeah. they do, then they just take it and run with it and it becomes the gospel. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, we just, this latest story just broke that Kevin McCarthy finally released the 41,000 hours of surveillance footage, footage filmed during the January 6th riot at the Capitol, but not publicly, just exclusively to Tucker Carlson, mm -hmm. whose producers have been uh, combing through it. How, I yeah. don't understand how, I mean, I guess when you're Kevin McCarthy, when you, you know, that level of power, I guess anything is theoretically legal, but I don't understand how that's like an okay thing to do. I know a huge chunk of this country thinks it's very not okay that he did that, including me, but I mean, that's just like, right. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, cause what kind of, did what he kind sell of it to him for profit or I mean, what like, yeah. And it's ours. It's the, it's, it's the American people. I know that's what I'm saying. And what kind of right, like hatchet job are the producers yeah. going to do to make oh, it yeah. look like this I mean, was a peaceful tourist visit, right? He already made that one like documentary. I'm doing air quotes uh, yeah. about it and made it look as, you know, and that was one of the crazy. I didn't watch the whole thing. I just saw like the trailer or whatever. And the trailer was one of the most like worrisome, you know, chilled down my spine inducing things I had seen. So I can't imagine what they're going to do with with all this, with all the raw footage. But yeah, that's like. Are you talking yeah. about the ball tanning documentary? Yeah. Is oh. that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah, disturbing. The one that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just remembered it was crazy. You know, I mean, that's been a few months ago now. They put up, you know, so much crazy stuff comes out. You can't keep up with it. But yeah, yeah. it involved the ball stuff. Yeah. I thought there was Do also you, a January 6th one, or maybe they were related. Uh, yeah. I can't remember. Do you, is your remember. point that your balls remain untanned? Or Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless he's at the nudist own. resort. That's disappointing. I, I right. 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 I don't want to think they about are, a sunburn on no, my balls. Mine are like, you know, Swamp dwellers, well, swamps yeah, a bad sure. choice of words. Sure. Shadow dwellers, okay, yeah, yes. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I, I, they stay, uh, you know, people, yeah, they stay in the dark most of yeah. the time. Okay, I, 
the, the fact that we have like a million legal things to ask him about, including Jared and Ivanka's subpoenas, but also the fact that he has a tiny dog named Henry who is waiting in the background while he's ready to go on CNN makes me more in love with Renato Mariotti. <laughs> I've been wanting to, to meet for the longest time. Good morning, Renato. Good morning. Glad to be here. <laughs> How is Henry this morning? Henry's doing well. I'm actually in the office, so this is there's no going to be no Henry intrusion. If Hen, if I was at home, Henry would be jumping up and want to be part of everything. Aww. He is they he's can a just shelter con- dog. Who we were like his fourth or fifth family that he had, and so like he's super attached. Uh, yeah, it took him a long time to be convinced that I was not. Every time I left, you know, went out the door that I wasn't going to come. You know, that I was actually going to come back. I've only so. I've rescued Bonnie and Clyde for what like. For three or four weeks right, now right. and they never leave my side and they can just confirm i just spent an hour putting tiny red raincoats on them because i'm that i'm that lady now um we're not a, where do we we got to start with jared and ivanka so as zoe lofgren just said um they seem to have faulty memories before they were they were under oath hopefully the grand jury as zoe lofgren said will jog their memories this is kind of a big deal isn't it legally yeah i think so i mean it's not it's not uncommon for people who have loyalty to someone to have faulty memories that happens all the time in criminal investigations and yeah. putting uh, people like that in front of the grand jury is one of the you know main ways that you try to uh, as you pointed jog jog their memory i i remember i had uh, a girlfriend of a bank robber who was just you know she didn't remember anything and she didn't know anything and this and that and I did put her in the grand jury and I asked her very tough questions. And, you know, there are certain questions you ask if you understand that if you lie, you know, you're, you know, you're committing perjury, this, that, you're sitting there alone, no attorney by your side. Uh, You have no one on your side in that room. And it's just the prosecutor and the grand jury. And it it can be intimidating. And Renato is a uh, former prosecutor. I mean, is Trump going to try to claim executive privilege again? And that would not be applicable. I close enough that word um, <laughs> applicable, applicable <Yes>. to <laughs> Jared and Ivanka, would it? Or I, I mean, he's he will likely try it, right? He'll try it. I mean, I think Jared, at the very least, I think Ivanka as well had some sort of executive branch title. I, I don't yeah. really think that these conversations, first of all, were part of any sort of you know executive branch deliberation. I mean, what's being investigated here is a scheme to. You know, fa- essentially pre- present false documents and false statements to the United States Senate in the form of these false elector, false certifications, and and false electors yeah. that they were trying to put before the United States Senate. So that that's that's one way of looking at it. Another obviously thing that Jack Smith is investigating is a violent attack on the United States Capitol. I mean, neither of those are proper executive branch functions. So I think a court's going to certainly rule. Um, uh, uh, against Trump on that. But, you know, one thing I think that all of your listeners are are learning and have learned over the last X number of years now, since 20, I've been talking about Trump legal issues since 2017, oh, Stephanie. God. So yeah. one thing I, I, that is new to, <laughs> to people listening and that, that they've learned over the last years, but wasn't new to me as somebody in this area is that, that, you know, things don't get wrapped up like they do on an episode of Law and Order in 47 minutes. Yeah. And taking time and dragging things out and creating delay and imposing costs on the other side is part of how 
legal system works in the United States, and that's what Trump's going to try to do. Yeah, well, as, yeah, and as you said, you tweeted, Mike Pence is making a bizarre and unprecedented argument in an attempt to avoid testifying before the grand jury. It looks like a surefire loser, but since it hasn't made been made before, it will create delay and make it look like Pence isn't eager to testify against Trump. Right. I mean, a lot of times um, people go to the legal system not to win but to put pressure on the other side, to impose costs on the other side. In the case of Mike Pence, he's trying to convince uh, the Trumpsters uh, that he's not against Trump. He's not anti-Trump. Yeah. Because, you know, my first reaction to this, Stephanie, when I heard he was being subpoenaed is, oh, uh, he probably invited the subpoena. He would love for Trump to go down and, you know, clear the path in the primary. Yeah. And I think Pence and his team were concerned that that was the impression being given. So I think that's purely... Uh, I'll call it performative. I use a fancy word, but purely him trying to uh, create a, a narrative. As is the case in uh, this the, Trump era. There's about, breaking news. About six minutes ago, Robert Costa, <laughs> Robert Costa oh, wow. said in recent days, uh, federal prosecutors have asked the chief judge in D.C.'s federal court to compel Mike Pence to comply with a grand jury subpoena and testify as a witness in special counsel Jack uh, Smith's investigation. Um, per three people familiar with the investigation, the motion to compel Pence's testimony filed uh, in secret to Chief Judge Beryl Hauer in recent days came after lawyers for uh, Trump asserted executive privilege in response to Pence's subpoena. Um, so there you go, right? Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. And, and, you know, frankly, you know, I think Smith had to anticipate some sort of challenge. He would know on the front end. I view that as a surefire loser for Pence, or very likely yeah. loser. You can never predict what the Supreme Court is going to do, but very likely loser. Um, but, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do. Pence is going to Pence, right? Yeah, Pence, Pence, got, got, Pence got a Pence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you retweeted DOJ wants to compel Trump lawyer Evan Corcoran to testify under the crime fraud exception. Um, you said this is an aggressive move by Jack Smith. It suggests Corcoran is a hostile witness despite his own potential liability for writing a false statement to law enforcement in the Mar-a-Lago matter. It would be significant if DOJ is able to use the crime fraud exception to compel his testimony. Um, we always say on the show we have to differentiate which crime, which Trump crime we're talking about. Now we're to the class, <laughs> we're to the classified documents off the Pence thing. But, but uh, what, what is your take so far on, on Jack Smith? He does seem to be moving aggressively for those of us that are uh, Veruca assaulting, as I like to call it, for justice. You know, it's so funny, uh, Stephanie, because well, I don't know if you remember, but when Smith was appointed, there was a lot of hand-wringing. People thought this was yeah. some sort of delay tactic. Yeah. I was the exact opposite at the time. I always thought this was uh, a good move. I supported it from the very beginning. I mean, and certainly if you're interested in things moving quickly, getting things out of the hands of a guy who had been a federal judge for 22 years. I mean, federal judges, their job is to look at both sides and carefully consider things and hand-wringing and making sure that you got every T crossed and yeah. I dotted. Prosecutors are about getting to the finish line in an efficient way and yeah. they're aggressive. It's a different mentality. So Jack Smith's career prosecutor, no question to me that he was going to be more aggressive. And it's borne itself out. I mean, I don't think the reason I, I tweeted that, Stephanie, is I wanted people, you know, like your like your listeners to understand how aggressive this was. You know, yeah. when I was in making uh, when I was investigating crime as, as a federal prosecutor, if I wanted to subpoena an attorney, I had to get approvals from higher ups mm -hmm. to just subpoena an attorney mm -hmm. um, here. They're actually trying to use the fraud, the fraud crime exception to get the attorney's testimony. I mean, that is something that's rarely done by DOJ because courts are very concerned about, you yeah. know, attorney-client privilege issues. So I think it's uh, a very aggressive move by him, and it goes to show 
I think he's moving this forward quite quickly. Um, you uh, retweeted Fed's very likely to charge Trump lawyer. His colleagues warned the ex-president. You said this is the latest in a series of scoops by Rolling Stone who appear to have a source within Trump's legal team. So, I mean, it feels like you are confident that things are moving forward in a, in a, a you know, expeditious manner. Yeah, let's, let's take a 10,000-foot view here for a second. I, there's no question in my mind that, that Trump's going to get charged in Fulton County. I mean, I think yeah. I, I was convinced of that a few weeks ago or a month, a few months ago, but or a, month, a couple of months ago. But now it's obvious, right? You had that that yes. four person come out and basically wink, 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 nod, nod, uh, tell us that that's happening. I, I think regarding Jack Smith, um, I mean, he is without a doubt moving full steam ahead and perhaps more aggressively than I thought. He would in yeah. certain respects. I didn't think this January 6th stuff was going to be front and center. I thought he was going to focus more on Mar-a-Lago. Interesting. That's an easier case to bring. So I do think there, um, you know, he's clearly, if you're using the, the fraud, the, the crime fraud. fraud exception, and you're going after these attorneys, he's clearly looking at whether he can charge an obstruction case. Yeah, yeah. I, on the, and the documents, that's a strong. Oh, isn't it, isn't it nice that's illegal again, after we let the 10 instances go in the Mueller report? It's nice that uh, obstruction might actually be considered a crime, right? Yeah, I think one of the things, you know, that's a great point, Stephanie. One of the things that's really not talked about enough is what happened to all the stuff that that, uh, Garland inherited regarding, let's say, the Mueller report. And also, by the way, what about all of the bizarre abuses in the Justice Department during the Trump era? Remember when they were like intervening, Barr was intervening in like the Mike Flynn sentencing and all these prosecutors were resigning? Why haven't we heard anything about that? I mean, that to me is the biggest concern Thank you. that I have. Thank you. Oh, my God. I knew I loved you for a reason. Um, <laughs> speaking of the chatty uh, Georgia four-woman, uh, four-person, <laughs> uh, yes, um, you, Bob Costa, also tweeted, uh, CBS News has learned uh, lawyers close to several GOP witnesses in Fulton County investigation are preparing to move to quash any possible indictments by the DA based on the public statements by the four-woman of the special grand jury. And you say these efforts are likely going to fail, but this is still a distraction that will burden the uh, Fulton County DA's office. Um, You had one tweet that said she's violating her oath, and you said, I deleted this tweet because the rule in Georgia appears to cover only deliberations, which is more narrow narrow than the rule elsewhere. It's still a very bad idea, may carry legal risk for her, and will likely provide Trump and others with arguments to challenge the indictments. Um, So in total, though, what is your assessment? I mean, can would they actually succeed in trying to get things thrown out because of this? It's really kind of, it's very complicated. I have, my podcast is called It's Complicated, mm-hmm. and this is a great example of It's Complicated. So the, my initial reaction to this four-person was like, oh, my God, because just <laughs> yeah. the rule in the federal rule and the rule in most states is that the grand jury, uh, de- you know, not only deliberations, but everything that goes on before the grand jury is sacrosanct. No one can talk about it. And that's why you don't see this happening in other cases, right? And so it's not like the, you know, whether it's in Alec Baldwin's grand jury in New Mexico or a federal grand jury indicting Michael Cohen, it's not like you have these grand jurors coming forward. So, it, it, yes, Georgia law is very narrow here. That was something I, I'm not a Georgia lawyer, I wasn't aware of. But, um, but I will say, um, you know, we just talked about a moment ago, Stephanie, how the law is not so black and white and yeah. how – you know, merely whether you succeed or not is not the, the test. And so what I think is going to happen here is a bunch of motions are going to get filed about this. They're going to lose, but it's a distraction and time consuming yeah. and all of this that we didn't need to have. You know, the, the analogy I would draw actually is those, remember those texts between Lisa Page and Peter Strzok? Yeah. Which was 
total sideshow. Had nothing to do with what Mueller was doing. It was right. just like a couple of FBI uh, personnel who had an affair. But it was used as such a distraction, and we had all these investigations and hearings about a bunch of a total sideshow. That's what I view this. And I think, you know, as somebody's tried a lot of criminal cases, both as a prosecutor and on the defense side, I think the defense attorneys at trial would try to find ways to backdoor this in front of the jury. Totally improper, but I think they're going to just try to use this to cast some sort of view that things yeah. are unfair. And, and there's an element of of, of of truth to it with her that enough of a color or a thing that makes us uncomfortable that it's gonna it's gonna be uh create some problems yeah well i i had one more tweet i wanted to just get your legal take on whether this is a thing or not um they said impropriety after the grand jury convened is different than impropriety during the grand jury proceeding there is nothing she can say that will get an indictment thrown out after the grand jury is already convened is that true I think that's I think that's right. I don't think the indictments are going to get thrown out. I mean, all I mean, for all, she's not from the grand jury that's indicting, and you know, and you know, this happened afterwards. All of that is true. Um, I think the more problematic stuff that she said are the things that made it look like she was her and the grand jury were too chummy with the prosecutors, like how she's eating a popsicle. She was, she was getting she had a Ninja Turtle ice cream uh uh sandwich or something that she was eating from the pro that the prosecutors gave her because she was at their party like stuff like that is somewhat problematic but i don't think this is going to get thrown out but I, I will just say i've gotten a lot of comments on twitter from people like you're wrong mariotti this is you know not going to succeed and so therefore this is you know, you're just uh wait you know you're wrong it's not a black and white thing yes it's not it's going to fail just like this pence argument is going to fail but it's a colossal waste of time and yeah a distraction. yeah yeah, you. Well, it's interesting. You uh, speaking of Pence real quick, as you uh, quoted Judge Ludig, who's mm -hmm. you know a longtime Republican. Uh, you said insightful thread by Judge Ludig explaining why any protection afforded the vice president is due to his limited legislative function would be quite narrow in the face of, of a criminal investigation by the executive branch. Um, and I, it, they seem to have just taken a page from Trump's legal playbook, right? Just delay, delay, delay. Whatever's going to you know delay this and yeah. hope that politics will you know, I kick in, right? Yeah, and I'm going to give Pence's team some credit here. They came up with an argument no one's ever made before, probably because there haven't been these crazy circumstances before. But nonetheless, you know, one thing I was told when I was a young lawyer decades ago was that there's always a chance of judicial, the, the way the, the senior lawyer told me is judicial error. There's always a chance a judge is going to make a mistake. So if there's billions of dollars at stake for our client and we throw something out there that it, there's a 10% chance the judge is going to screw it up. That could be a win for our client, uh, potentially. Yeah. And so I think just giving the chance for a judge to screw up or throwing out an argument that's going to potentially throw a wrench in the works, there's always a danger there. And so that's why I don't, I don't, I take those things seriously. And I don't just say, oh, you know, some law book tells me that this is likely not going to work out or Judge Ludic yeah. genius telling me it's not going to work out. And so I can disregard it. I think it's a concern, and, and it certainly could potentially be more than a time-wasting tactic if, if judges do something we don't expect. Yeah. Um, one last one, speaking of which, uh, Arizona's then-Attorney General Mark Bronovich uh, scuttled a report that debunked claims of election fraud following the 2020 election. Um, it, uh, investigators prepared a report stating virtually all claims of error and malfeasance were unfounded, according to internal documents reviewed by the Washington Post. Well, this is the same thing Trump campaign did which goes to you know consciousness of guilt right that he knew he lost that he commissioned you know and obviously hid the findings that there was no fraud but what happens when uh, uh, the attorney general does this and puts the imperture of the attorney general on it 
Is he legally liable? Well, I mean, he should be impeached and removed, but I think that, you know, I don't think he's, there's a crime there um, because essentially what he did is he just misused public resources, hid the truth and lied to the public. Um, That's an abuse of his position. He should be removed. Uh, I don't know enough about Arizona to know whether that's possible. I'm guessing not. Um, But I think this reminds me of a lot of things that happened during the Trump era where Trump would do sort of evil things, but I don't think they're necessarily criminal. Mm depressing okay <laughs> finally you tweeted finally you tweeted the last time some states decided to separate from the union the civil war made clear for all time that we are indivisible we are all in this together advocating for the dissolution of the united states is treasonous and un-american which is why i'm wearing my i am american t-shirt this morning thank you i keep calling it this casual treason this casual well let's have a civil war let's succeed let's overturn the results of a free and fair election I mean, it has got to stop. You're right. It is un-American and it is treason. Yeah, Stephanie, I got to tell you, I, I, I follow these right wingers and I'm concerned because this is a growing trend yeah. on the right to advocate for this. This Jesse Kelly guy does it a lot. A lot of these right wingers are advocating for the dissolution of the United States. And I can't imagine anything more un-American. And it really the reason I use the word traitor is, I mean, the last people who tried to dissolve the union were the Southerners when they wanted to uphold white supremacy in the South. Yeah. And that was treasonous. And we we dealt with that by by reconquering the South, putting an end to that for all of uh, for all time. And I yeah. just think, you know, that need, we I think need to take back on the left and progressives need to take back patriotism and you know, the unity of the United States, we're all in this together. And I think that's a powerful concept yep. that we should be trumpeting and we should be you know, advocating for. We've gone way long because I waited way too long to get you. So we're going to have to next time not not make it so long. Legal analyst for MSNBC and CNN, Renato Mariotti. It's complicated is the podcast. Please come back uh, sooner rather than later. Thanks, Thanks Renato. Thank you so much. There he goes.